Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue in America. Hi, I'm Suzanne Lasser, and this is Bilingual in America. Happy New Year! We are thrilled to bring you our first episode of 2023, where we get to celebrate Patricia Galuzzo and Virginia Calderon. These two women retired after working 26 and 25 years, respectively, as district translators. Because of their efforts, district web pages, every parent correspondence, and even our telephone system was available in both English and Spanish. Their work over a quarter of a century transitioned the district from some translation to fully translated. Together, they would discuss the best ways to capture the essence of what was being said in English in order to then create it in Spanish. Let's listen in to hear a lot more about Virginia and Patricia and their bilingual journeys. Welcome to Patty Galuzzo and Virginia Calderon. We are so excited to have you as you're starting your retirement years. Welcome, Woo! welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So just to give a context to our listeners, uh, Patty and Virginia have been translators. They have been people who receive families into our school district, people who provide beyond just a basic registration. And they wanted to honor you and spend a little bit of time with you just to talk about the contributions that you've made and how you see yourself and reinventing yourself as you enter this retirement time. So thank you for spending this time thank with you. us. <laughs> so we always thank like you. to start with a little bit of context. And if you could tell us a little bit about your own bilingual roots that I'm sure led you to the service that you provided for our families. I'll go first. I was born in Argentina, Buenos Aires, Argentina. And I came to this country with my family, mother and father and my sister, when I was nine years old and not knowing a word of English. My parents not knowing a word of English. My sister knew some English because she was 15 when she came here. So in Argentina, they, she was already learning how to speak English. So I came here. I started the fourth grade. I did not like school very much because I was afraid. I was the only non-English speaking person back then. We're talking a long time ago. They didn't have the ENL, ESOL that we have now back then. So it was difficult. I learned how to speak English just from having a friend who spoke English and just from having teachers that show me flashcard after flashcard. And that's how I learned how to speak English. But I maintained my Spanish because Spanish was the only thing we spoke at home. It was just Spanish at home and that's it. And to this day, that's the way it is. So I want to just add, Patty, two things. One is that your uh, parents also both spoke Italian. Yes. And so you came from a multilingual home. Italian was my, uh, is my second language. So Spanish, Italian, and then English. 
And then the next part, you know, Patty, why don't you share with our listeners about how your mom convinced you guys to get on the plane to come here? I want to share that January 13th will be 50 years that I'm in this country. So that's a huge anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we came in January and are in Argentina, it's pleno verano, like hot summer. And... Um, we get on the plane and they didn't have the connectors to the airplane that they have now. Like you literally walked on the runway and went up the ladder to get onto the plane. Right. And we're going, we get to the airport. No problem. Yeah. We're going to New York. And then I don't know, something said to me, no, I don't want to go. And I grabbed onto the ladder and I was like, I'm not going. And my father said to me, vamos, vamos a America a ver a Mickey. Vamos a ver a Mickey, Mickey Mouse. And I said, oh, I'm going. I ran up those stairs. <laughs> and that's how he got me on the plane. And fast forward, I got to go to Disney three years ago. So it was 40 something years until I got to go because who could afford to go to Disney? But that's another story. <laughs> well, he just said you were going to see Mickey. He didn't say you guys were going. He didn't say moment. when, right? Right. You thought that that's what it meant, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't clear about when you would get. To no, it. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And Virginia, ahora toca a ti. Cuéntanos. Virginia. I was born in Pacasmayo, Peru. That's about 10 to 12 hours away from Lima, which is the capital, north, up north. And I came here to the United States. Basically, California was actually my first stop here in the United States uh, when I was 20 years old. As many of our Latinas, familias Latinas, look, uh, coming, coming into the U.S. looking for much better opportunities than we had back then in Peru. And even now, it's, you know, it's hard to make a living in our countries, South American countries. So I basically came looking for better opportunities and I'm glad I've done it when I was young, when I had, you know, the chance and looking for, you know, learning English. I knew nothing of English, although I took English classes in, in, in high school, but it was just a very, very basic, like maybe a few words of the, a few letters of the alphabet, a few numbers. So when I came here, I knew nothing. And I remember buying a little book that it says English in America, just a little, um, a little like a dictionary. And then I started learning from, from just, just reading that the book. And whenever I go to stores, to stores or supermarkets, I remember taking the book with me. So whatever, whenever I had to say something, I would look for the work. So basically, thank God, thank God I ever, you know, I made the decision to, came, to come into the United States. Yep. Well, we feel really fortunate that we've had the pleasure of knowing you and have witnessed the beautiful work that you've done. Um, through your service. So we're grateful too, for sure. Thank you, Jarena. Thank you, Susana. Part of the work that Virginia and Bati did prior to their retirement was it was they worked in the central registration office. And so that every new family to our district, whether they were monolingual or bilingual, would work with Patricia and Virginia and others. And they are the first stop. And so they have a, a big job in, in welcoming new families and they are the face that represents our district. So I wonder if the two of you can talk about what 
it looked like, right, for families? How have things changed and how have things stayed the same during your time working at the district's Family Information Center? When I started with the district, I didn't work on the Information Center. I was a teaching assistant and they placed me in classes where they had kids that didn't speak English. There were ESL classes then. So I was a TA, teaching assistant there. Um, and I did that for several years. And then they, the district opened the newcomer center, which is where I met Suzanne. Basically, it was a center where kids that were new to the country from not just Spanish speaking, but um, from anywhere in the elementary level would come. And I was the office manager there um, by being bilingual. And the director at that time uh, interviewed me and hired me because I was bilingual. I was there for about 10 years, 10, 11 years, until the Newcomer Center closed. Then after that is when I started working at the Family Information Center, doing uh, registrations and also working with the ESL department, ENL department. We get families that come in and just got here, you know, a week We've been here a week and they come in knowing nothing. They don't know what they need. They don't know what the process is. They don't know if they have to pay for school or not pay for school. And that's where we come in. You know, they don't know if they have to buy supplies. They don't know. They think most of the time they think they come in and they start that day. They don't realize it's a registration process. We try to inform them as best we can. Um, I think that's what, you know, we do more than just the registration. We try to just teach them the system a little bit. You're their first support, right? Um, their entree. So um, definitely. Yeah. And so Virginia, what about for you? Because uh, you were at the Family Information Center. You were the only bilingual, yeah. right, employee yeah, until Patty day, joined yeah. you. Yes, I started it here. Um, it was called Parent Information Center before. And because we had the site part of the, the office, it was parent information. We dealt with parents, right? And then the student information center, that's what they used to call before. And then after years, they, you know, uh, combined the, the, the two offices and became a uh, family information center. So I've been here since day one. And uh, like Patricia, I'm helping families with the registration process, making them understand that it's not the same as our, our country. You know, this is a free public school, free everything, free free textbooks and all that. And basically guiding them to, to you know, with the community, right? Showing them or, or telling them about resources, where to, where to get food, where to get... Medical, right? Medical. Yeah. Yeah, medical. It was basically to assure them that they are in a, you know, good place, a very good school district. I'm very proud of White Plains City School District. My kids went through school. They graduated from Wayfin schools here as, as well. So that was basically it, guiding families, guiding families, especially. I was the only one Spanish speaking back then. So it was it was great for me to be handy, right, to a lot of people. Although it was not a, as many people as we get now every day. <laughs> that basically registration, school registration process. I think it's so interesting that you're understating the work that you do and you're so humble because I'm sitting here thinking about how you have helped others beyond that in terms of perhaps pursuing employment or even um, fundraising and providing 
basic necessities for some of our families. So we want to talk about that a little, Yarina, with them and, and, and force them to, to share a little bit more about <laughs> the regular day-to-day -day translating that they, they've only highlighted. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with Suzanne that you're understating because what I've witnessed is that when you see a family in need, you go way above and beyond and you activate your communities and your resources and you move heaven and earth to provide something beautiful for that for families. And so, I don't know, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you see yourself activating at communities to, to really be a structure and a support system for families that have recently arrived. Maybe something that nobody did for you and you're willing to do for somebody else. So maybe think about an instance or an example of just one time that really stood out for you. There are, listen, there are a lot. If you want, I can, I can name some of them, but I'm trying to give the ladies I know you can. And I feel like, in a way, I feel like I don't want to, yeah. you don't want to boast, but. It's not boasting. We want to share this because we're hoping that this will encourage our listeners and remind them about how small gestures can go a long way beyond what is written in a job description. Two things stick out in my mind. And I've shared these both with Yarina. One was Thanksgiving baskets at the Newcomer Center where we, we chipped in, we asked for people just to donate whatever, a can of corn, a dollar, five dollars, right? And we made these baskets and we delivered them. Like we, we just, at night after work, we would make sure the families were home and we would deliver these Thanksgiving baskets. We also got, I mean, it's a long time ago, but we also got people donated baskets that were already made as well. I remember. Yes. And we went, you know, some of them had food cards for stop and shop. And that, that sticks out in my mind. And the other is the, the family where a woman was awarded custody of several of her nieces and nephews. And she already had, I think, three or four kids of her own. And she wound up having like seven kids in a one bedroom apartment. And when the state followed up to see where these children were living, she the aunt was told that the kids could not stay there because she didn't have enough beds for them. And she came into the office, it was Newcomer Center, and she just said to me, Miss, what can I do? I don't, they're going to take the kids away from me. They're not going to be able to come here anymore. I don't know where they're going to go. Mm -hmm. I really didn't know how to help her, but it just so happened that I knew someone who is a nun. And I mentioned that to her. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I have this family that, you know, at work and mm -hmm. they're going to take the kids away. And Sister Dorothy said to me, I know somebody that can get you money to buy these, this family furniture. And she knew somebody that donated enough money for us to get two bunk beds 
So it was four beds and we did, we ordered them and they were delivered and they set them up and she was able to keep the kids and she had them for years. I tried to follow them, but you know, and she, she would touch base with us, you know, whenever she needed something, she would, she would reach out up until recently, right? Virginia, she reached out. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two situations that stick out in my mind. Well, many others in a different way. Yeah, there's others. There's others. But you know, it's a long it's many years and a lot of families that we that we meet. But those are the things that that really make a difference. Like you change the trajectory of that family's circumstance. And that's that's an amazing gift that you give that you say, Oh, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And Virginia, you had shared with me some of the work that you had started in terms of scholarship. Can you say a little bit about that work? One thing I would like to say first, it's about one of the things that it, it touched me a lot. And uh, that was years ago, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, I met a family, kids went to uh, George Washington school and I did the registration. Mom did not know how to write and read, but she was very, very on top, very present on her children's uh, educational life. She will come, Every year, every beginning of the school year, she will come to see me here in the office uh, just to help her to do, you know, to fill out all the forms that they, you know, they usually get from schools, right? Permission slips and emergency uh, contact forms and all that. She will come every, every day, every year at the beginning. And if they will get uh, paperwork uh, through the year, she will come and look for me to help her fill out the forms and just making her sign, you know, just a little scribble for her. It was, it was very touchy because um, it's, it's, it's sometimes because of work, because mom and dad had to work and work and work in this country, but she was very on top of every, every single thing, you know, that, that she will have to do with school. She passed away already. And, uh, but it was very touchy to me that she will always look for me. She will always call me and I get this and I get that. So that was the only thing that, I mean, I'm on many others, but that stayed on my mind all the time because it's, it's hard. It's not hard, but it's, it's kind of extraño, you know, like, um, like tener madres que, que realmente are on top of their children's educational life. Mm. Right, because of work, because of many other circumstances that they go through life. But this one was like very touchy because um, not knowing how to read and write, she would she will come walking from Post Road, walking from West Post Road. She used to live on West Post Road. She will walk all the way here to 500 North Street. She will come and walk, and I remember her all the time. And one of them also, it's uh, one of her children, are he's in school for um, to become a doctor. To be a doctor, I cannot believe I'm so proud of them. And uh, and I see his, one of his older sisters, she comes to the to the office all the time because she still have kids in school, right? But this younger brother, he's about to graduate from a, a doctor school. I cannot believe I'm so proud of him. That's beautiful. Yeah, and also years ago, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 years ago, maybe a little less. We created, with my group of friends, Peruvian friends, we created, uh, we formed a, uh, 
Comité, Comité de Damas Peruanas del Condado de Westchester. It was like three or four of us. We got together, we thought about it. We always, I mean, I had always had that in mind, but never knew how to do or what to do. So we all came together with this idea and um, formed, you know, the, the Comité de, de Damas Peruanas del Condado de Westchester, basically to do um, fundraising a, a través de polladas, you know, to raise money, so to be able to help some of the kids, because it is true that in our country, it's a lot of necessity. It's hard for a lot of children to go to um, colleges, universities, because it's expensive, unless they go to a private, but private is so hard to get into. And, um, and But here, there's so a lot of necessity. Even Yes, we are in the United States of America, but there is also a lot of need here. And schools are, colleges, universities are very expensive. It's not that we help them with a lot of money, but at least a little something, a little basically to to motivate them it was just 500 dollars that we give you know each of the kids but through the years we probably helped with maybe around fifty thousand dollars maybe around fifty thousand dollars every year we will have group of kids like 10 and 11 we had a little criterion you know to us have a certain uh, gpa and uh they will tell us what, what their uh, future plans was. That kind of scholarship was offered to kids born in the United States or born out of the United States, but from Peruvian parents, Peruvian parents or Peruvian uh, descendant, right? It could be just Peruvian and with someone else. So we only did it up until, I guess, 2019 because of the pandemic, we had to stop doing those fundraising because it was, you know, we used to get, you know, get a lot of uh, people. So that's basically trying to help families it was basically to motivate them to go to college, right? To motivate them. 500 no, it's Absolutely. not a lot, but it helps with something. And I have to tell you, $500 makes a big difference. Books are so expensive. Exactly. Like the thing, the incidental costs. So it's not just $500. Like really, you know, maybe they were worried about how they were going to pay for something and that $500 provided away. So I think it's a huge gift. And when you look at the whole amount... Yeah. And I mean, the other, what a big impact you've left. Yes, and the other thing about that is that some of those kids that have graduated from college, they graduated already, a lot of them graduated from college, they came back to look for us to offer help, to offer scholarships on their mm-hmm. own. Because mm-hmm. they were already working, they were already making money, and they will come to us, he said, you know, saying, here, I have $500, or I have $1,000. So that was very good. That was that's rewarding that's rewarding what i was the other thing i was just thinking about is like we we've helped like the mom that you said you always help with the writing those moms from years ago because we've been there for so long we've seen now that they are coming to the office with new families helping them right virginia like oh, this is where you have to go and this is what you have to do. And we look and then we're like, oh my God, look at her. She, I remember her when she first came yeah. and now look, she's bringing family, another family helping them. Yeah. So that's that's another rewarding thing that to see how far they've come. And even those children coming back with their own children. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. the power of a kindness, right? Like it, it just translates and it vibrates out forward and forward. And you just don't even know where that lasting impression is going to lead to. And that's, that's the beauty of that. Yeah, I was thinking about um, how you have positively impacted so many individuals. And because of the welcoming 
space that you created, families, whether they were literate or not, families who were unclear, continued to come back and seek you out. And um, just the idea that they still, year after year, would follow up or say, hey, let them know that you know so-and-so, right? Or they would accompany new families. That is so telling about the environment and the experience that you created when they landed here within our district. And as, as we begin a new year, this was part of the reason that Yerin and I wanted to, to speak with you, not just because you retired and to honor all of the hard work and dedication that your bilingual superpowers have <clears throat> afforded, but really because of the kind spirit and joy that you have demonstrated in what is not always um, a quiet, calm space to work in. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you. So we are excited. I mean, we're sad, but we're excited <laughs> that you're moving on. And so how do you see yourself using your bilingual gifts and your new chapter of your life? It's just very interesting how things happen. Um, my stepdaughter is involved with the city of White Plains and her kids go to Post Road School and she's doing a presentation. They asked her to do a presentation in connection with the city to for parents to offer them resources to inform them about resources and so she put together a small presentation but she's not bilingual and she said to herself well I how am I going to you know make sure I reach out to everybody so she asked me to translate this it's a short powerpoint that she's doing and then in talking to her, she said, you know, I don't know if the city's website is bilingual and I don't know how far the city is going to offer their resources or whatever in, in Spanish. So she's now asking me to translate <laughs> for, yeah, she's looking into um, to see what the city can do. You know how our, the district, the school district website is is translated, and everything that goes out is translated thanks to Virginia. Um, everything is is translated, right? But she didn't think that the city is doing enough of that. The exciting part is that one thing will lead to another, and you'll see how you can continue to use those bilingual superpowers to continue to serve people I mean that's just what happens organically and and you just have such an open heart for that but that's what that's what's always going to show up of course and Virginia I know you have some plans <laughs> yeah it, my first thing is to go back to Peru and I'm actually going back next week at the beginning I thought that I will move there moving there but now you know Days go by, I'm just gonna go a little at a time, you know, gradually. I'm gonna go for a month and a half and then come back for another month, two months, and then like that, little by little. But while I'm here, I offer my services to the Waypoint School District to continue to do work as translator. And I will also like to do here, and I have mentioned this to Patricia before, I will like to offer my services I, voluntarily. 
at the Whiteness Hospital or any other place that may need Spanish translation, right? And like now, for now, I'm back into the office. I'm back at FIC <laughs> because they yeah. need help, because they need help. So I'm here to help them for a few days while I'm here. And then I'm going to go away. When I come back, I will always look into it. If they need me, I will always be willing to come back to see, you know, what else can I do here while I'm half free time now. So I, I want to share that the legacy that the two of you are leaving behind is tremendous. Anyone who looks at our website, anyone who gets a letter in the mail, anyone who calls the district main telephone line, everything has been translated because of Patricia and Virginia. And so they have started and left a strong foundation. And I know that the next generations of Patricias and Virginias will continue this work. And I just wanna say, you know, our hashtag is speak your beauty. And the two of you truly embody all that is the strength, beauty and joy of being bilingual. And it is just an honor to work with the two of you. And we're Thank so excited you. for your retirement and the fact that you're gonna to continue to do amazing things using your superpowers. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And I'm, I'm proud of what you're both doing. I just think it's, it's wonderful. You both have such a big heart. You both do. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, Very proud of you both. You guys. I met, I met um, Yorina years ago at a church street because my daughters went to church street school. And then Susana. It was really, yes. really a pleasure. I'm very happy to get to know you guys. Very happy yeah. to get to know yeah. you ladies. <laughs> The other well, thing that I would like to say, Annette, is that it was also very um, touchy for us, Patricia and I, because I know Patricia feels the same, to be that we have been able to, to help people with special, special needs. Because it's, it's really hard for a lot of Latinos families to, to tell them, like, your child needs services for this, this, and that, even though it's just a speech language, maybe, but it's very hard for Latino families to accept that. So it was really helpful. It was really happy. I, I felt happy all the time because sometimes if you tell families about special ed, special ed means a lot, not just teaching language therapy. But um, that we have to put it in a way for, for, you know, making sure that not hurt feelings. Right, Patricia? Yeah. It was like yeah. very... Um, yeah. There's a stigma to, you know, special and education. And we try to... Um, explain to the parents that it, it's a good thing, that special ed is a good thing that is going to help their children. If they need help, if they need yeah. if they're low and some, yeah. whatever, they, it's better to look for help at the beginning, not to wait until kids, you know, things get right. bad. So. But it was hard yeah. for families to understand, and not a lot of, or not to everyone, but we had to put it in a way like I said, not to hurt feelings, but to feel comfortable with special ed, right. with the word, you know, special ed. So that was and so I think that's right. So translation is one thing, but another is taking into account the meaning and the impact that the exactly. words you are sharing and how they land and that you are so thoughtful and not just to do a word for word translation, but to explain uh, the benefit and how this is going to be in the long run an asset for this child's academic journey. That's wow. You said it in a better way. <laughs> <Yep>. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nice. We celebrate you. 
We honor you. We are grateful for you. And we can't wait to see what happens in this next chapter. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll like to keep in touch. Adelante, adelante, adelante. Thank you. Hasta pronto. Hasta pronto. So I'm going to end with a little joke. A Peruvian and an Argentinian walk into a building. And guess what happens inside? Translation, paradise. <laughs> so cute. Patricia and Virginia came here and learned English, but not at the expense of their native language. They maintained their mother tongue of Spanish and then used that gift, used it to support those who came after them. They have given their best in both Spanish and in English to countless families through registrations and so much more. They saw themselves in the parents and students that walked through the doors and because of that provided guidance, a smile, and a first meaningful connection. That first connection means everything, especially when you are new to a district, in a new city, in a new community, navigating things in a language that is not your own. With this episode, Patricia and Virginia, we honor both of you for what you have done and will continue to watch and see what you'll do next. We love the way that you speak your beauty. It is not often that we get to work with amazing human beings, talented in one regard or amazing in their humanity, but it is very rare that you get to work with people who have both of those qualities. Yarina and I feel so fortunate to have been able to work with both women in different capacities. However, the end result is always the same, a meaningful bilingual connection. Until next time, speak your beauty. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. By sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast, you are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us.